Go ahead and take your Bibles, and we're gonna we're gonna take a look at something tonight or this morning that I hope will be a hope to you. But go ahead and uh, go to Romans chapter five. We're gonna start out in Romans chapter five today. But this is this is the time of year that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I don't want to talk so much about the resurrection. I want to right now. I want to talk about what He resurrected from. Okay. All right, what he resurrected from, and we all know that he resurrected from death. He came back from the dead. But I don't know if we always, if we, you know, we don't take the time many times to think about what the Bible says and really meditate on these things. Uh, but this, I mean, it's, uh, there's some amazing things that we see in the Bible. And I want you to just kind of, uh, just pay close attention this morning. And I want you to just think about some of these things we're talking about. We're going to kind of go all the way back to the beginning here. And just a little bit at what it was like when God first put man on this earth. And I hope to show you some things that will be a help to you. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God commended His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, we've heard this verse many times, and sometimes I'm afraid we just get used to it. And we don't understand the significance of the fact that it just said Christ died for us. Why is that such a big deal? Jesus Christ died. Well, let's read a few more verses. It says, Much more than being now justified by His blood, we should be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Notice what it says right there, that death, it came into the world by sin. Do you all realize that if it were not for sin, there would be no death in this world? Do you all realize that if you never sinned, you would never die? But at the same time, you say, well, I messed that up a long time ago. Yes, you did, because you were born with that sin nature. You got it from your parents who got it from their parents. And it goes all the way back to Adam. He was that one man that caused sin to enter into the world. And as a result, we now have death. I was at a funeral this week. The man who died, he was almost 98 years old. He lived a very long life. He was what we would call a very good man. I mean, he, he, was, he, was, he was a good man. I knew this man for years. I mean, just one of the nicest, sweetest guys you've ever met in your life. But you know, the reason he was dead... Is because he was a sinner. He'd sinned. And as a result, you know, sin, it has an effect on us. And eventually, because we have sinful bodies, they are going to deteriorate and they are going to die. Thank God that man was saved. And I believe he's in heaven right now. But at the same time, physically, he still died because of the fact that he was a sinner. And the truth is, all of us in here today are sinners. We see death pass upon all men for the all have Sin. Uh, And then verse 13, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the multitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. We think, how could Jesus Christ, one man, die for the sins of the whole world? 
Well, the Bible says it's the same way as one man caused death to pass upon all men. Because of Adam, there is death in this world. We hear the horrible stories all the time. We hear about the wickedness that goes on in these other countries. We all heard about what happened in Syria with the chemical weapons that were used. And just about, you know, you hear about the men, women, and children who die in these horrible things. We, I mean, just, we hear in the news, just in our own uh, country, some of the horrible things that happen and the terrible ways that people die, the terrible things that people do. Apparently, I heard this morning there was a shooting right here in Rock Falls this week or just uh, last night. You know, we hear about these things and these are horrible things. They're, they're tragic things. And many times it causes people to look at God and say, Lord, what's wrong with you? What's happening? But we don't have time to read the whole Bible this morning. But if you go back and you read in the book of Genesis, when God made the world, He made everything good. God made everything good. But you know what? God gave man a choice. And in the midst of that Garden of Eden, there was two trees. There was the tree of life and there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God told him, don't eat that tree. If you eat of that tree, you will surely die. And you all know the story. They went, the serpent deceived Eve into eating that fruit, but then Adam willingly, he took that fruit, he ate it, and as a result, he died spiritually that day, and they ended up having children, and those children were sinners. We read there shortly after, they had two sons, Cain and Abel, and one of them killed his own brother, murdered his own brother. I mean, what a terrible thing that is. But understand that God didn't make the world that way. God made it good. It was man that brought that in. And it was Jesus Christ that made a way for there to be life for everyone. Just as all death passed upon all by one, life can come to all by one, Jesus Christ. His death paid for my sins and your sins and for the sins of this whole world. That's what it's saying right here. Verse 16 says, And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. I want you to understand that man earned death. Man earned it. Man deserves death. Everyone who's ever died, they deserved it. Because they're sinners. But you know what? Jesus Christ, that gift of salvation, the Bible says it's a free gift. Did you know you can't earn salvation? You can't earn it. You can't be good enough you have to trust in Jesus Christ. You have to accept His free gift. You have to accept His payment for your salvation. And so, verse 19, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And that moreover the law entered, that offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So wonderful passage of Scripture here just showing what God, Jesus Christ did. How He conquered sin. He conquered death. And so, understand though, remember what I mentioned that Jesus Christ, He resurrected from dead. Okay? Now, we teach here that Jesus Christ never sinned, did He? 
He never sinned one time. He lived a perfect life. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. He did not have an earthly father like every one of us in here have. And because of that, he didn't inherit the sin nature that every one of us have. He was righteous. He had the very nature of God. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, I want to read a scripture for you there. Look at what the Bible says about Jesus here. It's like, how did Jesus die? How was Jesus able to die if he had never sinned? There can be no death without sin. But 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. If you read the story of the crucifixion, we see there is a, a point in that crucifixion where there was darkness over the face of the whole earth. And Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What had happened? When Jesus Christ was hanging on that cross, He literally took our sin upon Him. And while Jesus died a horrible death in the crucifixion, I personally believe it was our sin that killed Him. There is no death without sin. And He took our sin upon Him and He died on that cross. But let me tell you something. The Bible teaches that God raised Him from the dead. You know why? Because Jesus Christ was righteous. Jesus Christ, He paid our sins in full when He died on that cross. He paid every bit of it. He did never sinned one time, and so death could not hold Jesus Christ. It couldn't hold Him. Three days later, God raised Him from the dead. He conquered that, and so now we can have life through Jesus Christ. So when Adam sinned in the garden... We see that he did not die physically that day. Because remember what God said. Now, this is important. I want you to pay attention. God said, the day ye eat thereof, ye shall surely die. But when Adam ate that fruit, did he drop dead? No, he didn't. Not physically speaking, but spiritually he did. He did. In fact, he didn't die for many, many, many years later. They lived much longer lives back then. And in Genesis, uh, if you read Genesis chapter 2, in verse 16, God told him, you know, you, every tree you can eat, but that one tree, don't eat it. You'll surely die. And so when did Adam get saved? And this, if you, if you don't mind me speculating a little bit here, but I believe that Adam got saved when after he tried covering his own nakedness. I wish we could read the whole story, but if you remember, the Bible says him and his wife, they were naked and they were not ashamed. They were in a state of innocence. And we see that after they ate that fruit, they understood good and evil and they realized that they were naked and they tried to cover up their nakedness. That's a natural thing to do to try to cover up your nakedness. And the Bible says they sewed fig leaves together. But the, you know what? Their covering that they did of their own nakedness was not enough. Just like the covering of our own sin is not enough. We can't do it. And we see in Genesis chapter 3, uh, says unto Adam and his wife, the Lord made coats of skins and clothed them. We see their clothing that they did for themselves. It was not enough. God had to do it for them. God made coats of skins for them and God gave them to, th to them. But then they had to leave the garden. God banished them from the Garden of Eden. And I believe it's very possible that they got saved when they realized that their covering of their nakedness wasn't enough and they accepted God's covering. That could be it. I think there's a wonderful picture of salvation there. That's possible. But at the same time, it might not have been until later. We don't know for sure because even though uh, Adam accepted God's covering of his nakedness, 
he still had to be banished from the garden. He had to be put away from the presence of the Lord. And the Bible said so he would not eat of the tree of life and live forever. Why didn't God want Adam living forever physically? Well, think about it. Man is so wicked. We see in the Bible they did they had much longer lifespans back then, but God had to shorten it greatly because man is just too wicked. It's amazing how much evil one person is able to do in the short lifetime we have on this earth. Imagine if they lived forever. How much evil they could do. The truth is, we need to die eventually because it's like we just we just get worse and we get worse. And we see though that it was it would not be good for him in his sinful condition to live forever. I don't think we could even comprehend the monster that he would have become. And you know, sinful man, it's a disgusting, it's a dangerous thing. And the Old Testament, it's full of horrific stories of death, of evil, of perversion. We live in a world that's full of death and evil and perversion. We hear stories all the time that just make us cringe. Sometimes I'll be listening to the radio and I just have to turn it off because I just can't stand what I hear that goes on on this earth. I hate to think I live in a world where those kind of things are possible, but they are possible because we live in a world full of wickedness. And we and all the evil, all the death, all the pain that has ever come in this world has come because of sin. All of it, every bit of it. And you guess what? Every one of us in here have contributed to it. So well, I've never killed anybody. Yeah, but you know, you've treated other people unfairly before. You've sinned against other people that maybe caused them to sin against other people. You know, we might have been the one to help push them over the edge. You know, I mean, we've all contributed We've all contributed to other people's road rage. Maybe you've never killed anybody with road rage, but maybe you've caused other people to get road rage. You know, maybe they hurt somebody. I mean, we don't know the cause and effect that comes from our sin. You know, we cheat somebody and so then they feel okay cheating somebody else. And before you know it, you know, we live in a world where everybody's cheating everybody all the time. We live in a world where we have to lock our doors. We live in a world where you, you know, you have to, if you're going to make any kind of financial agreement, you have to sign a million papers. Does anybody enjoy selling all those papers, signing all those papers when you buy a car or a house or anything? Anybody enjoy that? I hate it. But you know why we do that? Because of people who break their promises. We do that because of sin. We like paying, you know, all the just, I mean, the high fees that we do for things and just all the, uh, you know, the, the income tax laws. Has anybody figured out all the income tax laws yet? You know, why are those so complicated? You know, because people are always trying to cheat. Where you try to cheat the government, they try to rip us off, and it's just kind of a back and forth thing, and they got all the power. So, you know, I mean, they do. They come up with these complicated things. It's all because of sin. And, you know, the problem that we have in our society today is we are used to sin, and we're used to death. Death doesn't even phase us anymore. We watch it all the time on television. People play video games that are killing people all the time. We're used to death. I mean, death is just a part of life to us. You know, and death, when somebody dies, it no longer is a reminder to us anymore of what it should be. And every time you go to a funeral, every time you see somebody who's died or you hear about someone who dies, it needs to be, it's supposed to be a reminder to us that God meant what he said. And God says what he meant. What are you talking about? Well, one of these days it's going to be us that dies. Hebrews 9.27 says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. All of us in here eventually are going to die. I don't think we think about that enough. When I was at the funeral this week, I got to thinking about it. I was like, you know, if 
If the Lord doesn't come, you know, anytime soon, eventually, it's going to be my funeral. Eventually, every one of you eventually are going to die. It's just a fact. It's just a fact of life. And we are, we're used to it. And so, but the, let's imagine for a minute, alright? Forget everything you know, and let's imagine what it was like back in Adam's day. Think about it, because while man had sinned, there still hadn't been death until the murder of righteous Abel. Okay, think, so think about that. God told him, the day you eat thereof, you're surely going to die. Well, Adam ate that fruit and he didn't die right away, did he? He probably, you know, I guarantee you, many days passed where he thought, you know what, I'm okay. I'm just fine. But one day, we all know the story about Cain and Abel. When Cain killed his own brother, imagine what it was like seeing their son die. All of us in here, we devastated if we had a child that died. Some of you have probably experienced that before. And it's devastating. And that it's devastating to us who are used to death. Imagine in a world where there had been no death yet. How hard that must have been. And you know, they didn't have all the promises and things of heaven back then like we do today. Think about what that must have been like for them. People who did not know anything about death to see a loved one dead. To see their body laying there and to know that it's not coming back to life. I don't know how long before they buried him, but eventually, if they, if they waited long, they didn't know what was going to happen. You know, they probably started to see that body start to rot and start to smell. And at some point, they realized, you know, we got to do something. We got to put him in the ground. This is, this is gross. This is disgusting. What happens to the human body after death? It's called seeing corruption, the Bible calls it. And so, but even at the same time, though. Abel's death, it was not a natural death. This was something that was done by Cain. He was murdered. Adam was still alive. And Adam had not yet seen a natural death. And think about with the lifespans that they were living back then, it probably crossed their minds many times that, you know what? We're going to live forever. We're never going to die. They're living for years and years and years. And he's thinking, you know what? I'm fine. I'm not going to die. And I don't know. This could be... What Adam got saved, but turn, look, turn to Genesis chapter four and verse twenty-five, because while we do see a great picture of salvation in Genesis chapter three, it doesn't say Adam got saved. Okay, and we believe for a person to get saved, the Bible says, "For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." The way we get saved, it's not by trusting in our own works; it's by realizing we can't save ourselves, and we call out to the Lord for salvation. And he saves us. And in Genesis chapter 4, verse 25, this is after Cain and Abel, the story of Cain and Abel. So that Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said, she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. You all see that? Now, Back in the Bible days, whenever they named somebody something, those names had meanings. They named them for a reason. Nowadays, we pick names usually just because we like the sound of the name. Maybe we name them after a family member. But back then, the names that they would give, they had a meaning. And the Bible says that Seth had a son named Enos and then began men to call on the Lord, upon the name of the Lord. What's that talking about there? Well, notice, I personally believe it's possible that Adam got saved and at least Seth and them got men started getting saved after Enos was born, after Adam became a grandpa. 
Now think about the okay, where do you, so where do you get this? Well, first of all, it says it was then after Enos was born that men began to call on the name of the Lord. And if you look up the meaning of Enos, you know what his name means? It means mortal. Now, if you look at Enos in the next chapter, he lived an extremely long life like everyone else. It means it means mortal or uh, sick, um, despaired of, forgetful. That's the meaning of that name. I don't know. This is just speculation here. I hope you don't mind if I speculate a little bit. But guess what started happening? This, this is just what happens. We've all experienced this. We've seen it, but they had never seen this before. You know what happened? I believe Adam started getting old. All of a sudden, Adam, he's not as strong as he used to be. His mind is not as sharp as it used to be. He's not able to do everything he used to do. And his son, Seth, looks at his dad and, you know, Dad, something's happening to you. You're getting older. I think they, they never seen, they never seen anybody die of old age or anything like that back then. And I don't know, I wonder if maybe Adam thought back to that time when God told him, if you eat that fruit, you'll surely die. And he realized that, you know what? God meant what He said. And Adam realized that I am going to die one of these days. And Seth, he, start, he realized, I'm going to die one of these days. This child that I had is not going to live forever. Sure enough, God is going to keep His promise. I'm, I'm not going to be here forever. My father's not going to be here forever. My son will not be here forever. And all of a sudden, you know what they did? They started calling on the name of the Lord. Lord, we are not going to live forever. Lord, we need your salvation. And they called on the Lord for salvation. They realized, sure enough, what God had promised was going to come to pass. And thank God, they called on the name of the Lord. Seth saw something. It woke him up. Something to cause him to realize that he was mortal. And I believe it was probably Adam. I think Adam had probably told them about what had happened. Adam told them about the Garden of Eden. God had told them about what God said, but it was like they were thinking, that's a fairy tale. It's never going to come to pass. But all of a sudden, maybe something happened in Adam's life and they realized that sure enough, what God said was going to happen is going to happen. Some things that God promises, they don't come to pass until years later. Some, you know, the fact is sometimes, you know, they, you know, God doesn't usually do things the way we think he's going to do them, but they, what God says is going to come to pass always comes to pass. His, his words are always fulfilled. They're not always filled in the timetable that we expect, but they are fulfilled. God's prophecies, they don't always line up with the way we think things will play out, but they always play out every time. And so some promises that God made to us, and this is something to think about. Okay. Cause remember when God gave, told Adam, the day you eat of, you'll surely die. When Adam ate that, he ate of that, they realized something was different. They realized they were naked. They now had a knowledge of good and evil. But physically, I don't know that they noticed anything different. Physically, nothing really changed. He was still the same Adam. You know, still looked the same. Just had, uh, I guess, an enlightening during after that, realizing good and evil. But you know what? Bible says in Romans ten thirteen, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Think, think about for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now when you call on the Lord, just like Adam, nothing physically changes, does it? 
Hey, when when anybody got saved in here, did just all of the sudden you look different? I mean, you uh, just all of a sudden smell different, talk different. I mean, did anybody in here after you got saved just all of a sudden not want to sin ever again? Now, maybe for a few minutes, you felt really good at that time. But at the same time, did just all of a sudden everything change about you? Or did you still look the same? Maybe you were, you frowned more before, maybe you're smiling a little more, more now. The truth is, the change that takes place when a person gets saved, it's inward, isn't it? And hopefully that inward change will produce something on the outside. And many times it does. But the truth is, physically, was there anything you could put your finger on and say, right here, I know I'm saved because of this. See how my face glows now? See the halo on my head? Did did that happen to anybody when they got saved? No. That doesn't happen to anybody. The truth is, when you called on the Lord for salvation, you... Right now, you just have to believe that God is going to keep His promise, don't you? Those of us who are saved today, we don't know we're saved because of anything special about us. We know we're saved because we just believe God's Word. We're just trusting what He said is true. That's all there is to it. And Romans 13.11 says that knowing the time that is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. So nothing physically noticeable changes, but eventually there will be a physical change, won't there? We're not going to take time to read all the scriptures on it, but when Jesus Christ returns, the Bible says when we see him, we will be like him. That's what the Bible says. Physically, there will be a great change on that day. We physically, we will no longer have a desire to sin. We will have a body like his glorious body. But do we have that right now? Does anybody in here have a body like Jesus Christ right now? Absolutely not. We would all notice if you did. Okay, Nobody does right now, but at the same time, it will happen, won't it? Just like Adam, when God said, you'll surely die, physically nothing's really different. When you call on the Lord for salvation, the Bible says you're saved, you're going to heaven, but physically we don't notice anything different either, do we? But let me ask you this. If God kept His promise to Adam about death, Do you think He's going to keep His promise to us about eternal life? Absolutely. God always says what He means and always means what He says. And many times people do, they look for something noticeable to happen after they call on the Lord. But the truth is, while nothing is noticeably different, you can mark it down. It will be different someday. I will be like Christ someday. That's a, that's a guarantee. Just like Adam did eventually die. It took a long time. Before he died, he eventually did die. And when you call on the Lord, you are, you, you're saved on that day. If you've, if you've asked Jesus Christ to save you, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are saved today just like Adam did not physically die that day, but he did spiritually die that day, didn't he? Spiritually, that day he died. The final result of that is physical death. That didn't come for years and years later. When you call on the Lord for salvation, you spiritually are made alive that day. You spiritually will live forever, but at the same time, the final result of that, becoming like Christ, that's way, that, that might be years in the future. We don't know, but it will happen. You can mark it down. It would have been easy for Adam to occasionally doubt 
that he would someday die, just like sometimes we might doubt that we're going to heaven. Sometimes Christians struggle with doubts about their salvation. It's like, man, you know, I still struggle with sin. Am I really saved? Hey, don't trust in yourself. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when those doubts, they do, when those doubts come, don't look to yourself. Look to the Word of God. This is, this is where I find assurance of my salvation. I, if you say, how do you know you're saved, Brother Tommy? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time talking about myself. I'm gonna spend a lot of time talking about the Bible. I'm gonna spend a whole lot of time talking about a God who promised He'd never leave me nor forsake me. A God who promised me the gift of eternal life. The promise me I can't lose it. The promise that no one could pluck me out of the Father's hand. I can show you all those promises. If I start talking about myself, all I'm going to be able to talk about are failures. And But the truth is, thank God, it doesn't have anything to do with our works. And what, so while fulfillment of God's promises are often in the future, we should be able to have assurance of them today. Look, go ahead and turn over to Romans chapter 11. I want to show you something in Romans chapter, or not Romans, John, sorry, John chapter 11. John chapter 11. And this is actually, I haven't, I haven't stated the title of this message yet, but the, the title of my message is, Do You Believe? Alright, Do You Believe? So why is that? Where are we going? How does this have anything to do with resurrection? It's all going to come together here in a minute. But in John chapter 11, verse 21, this is the story of Lazarus. You all know the story of Lazarus, a man, a friend of Jesus who died that Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. And Jesus, he finally, he shows up there. Lazarus has been dead for four days. And it says in verse 21, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Hey, that wasn't what Jesus just asked her. He said, do you believe that if someone lives and believes in me that they will never die? And she does, oh, I believe you're the Messiah. I believe this. You know, I believe all this. That's not what I'm asking you about, Martha. Do you believe this? Do you believe my words? And I'm here today to ask you, do you believe the words of God? We see how God promised Adam some things way back then. And sure enough, they came to pass. Not the way we would have thought. Not the way Adam thought. But sure enough, they came to pass. God has promised us some things. He has guaranteed us some things and they are going to come to pass. And do you believe that? Because while fulfillment of God's promises are often the future, we can have assurance of them today. Notice Jesus said, He tells her, He that liveth and believeth in Me shall never die. What's that talking about? Okay, Because those of us who are alive today and are saved, eventually we're physically going to die, aren't we? But spiritually, we will never die. And that's, and that's what Jesus was talking about here. They'll never die because the truth is, Jesus did. We're not going to read the story. He raised Lazarus from the dead, didn't He? But did you know that eventually Lazarus died again? Think about that. Think about what it must have been like when they had the second funeral for Lazarus. Here we go again. You know, you know I've been to many second weddings, but I've never been to a second funeral. I, I, I went to a wedding this week. I went to a funeral this week. Okay, it's possible 
that person may have another wedding one of these days. But that, uh, that fellow whose funeral I went to, he'll never have another funeral. There's only, there's only one. But Lazarus, he had two of them. Think about, think about that for a minute. Because, but spiritually though, he never died. He, he never did one time. You see, the promises of God, they're not just for us to enjoy in the future, they're for us to enjoy right now. Okay? And what, what we call this hope. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 24. Romans chapter 8, verse 24. I want to show you a couple of verses here. It says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Okay? Hope that is seen is not hope. Okay? We have hope that we are saved. But do we see our salvation? Do we see anything physical that proves we're saved? No. We don't see it, but by faith, we hope for it. That's what the Bible says. By faith, we hope for it. And you know, many people, after they call on the Lord, they often despair because they don't see anything different. And we need to understand that we are saved by grace through faith. Okay, Jesus, And so, right here, we see we're saved by hope. Okay? Hope that is seen is not hope. Once again, and I hope I'm not I'm getting I hope I'm not getting confusing on this, but remember, Adam when he sinned, he died spiritually. Physically he couldn't see anything different. But eventually, just like God said, he died. When you get saved physically, we don't see anything different, but if you did, mark it down, just like God said, one of these days you'll be in heaven. You can mark it down. You can count on it. And we see also that, that God, because God promised, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just like God said, if you eat of that fruit, you'll surely die. And sure enough, they did die eventually. If you'll call on the Lord, you'll be saved. You'll be like Christ. You'll be in heaven. That day won't be today unless you die physically. But it will come someday as sure as I'm standing here. And we see also that Jesus Christ, He promised that He's, that he's going to come again. John 14, chapter 1, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. So when Jesus Christ, He said He's going to go prepare a place for us and He's going to come again for us. And He's going to receive us. What if I'm dead during that time? Guess what? The Bible says you'll rise from the dead. The day is coming where He is going to resurrect those from the dead. And 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. When Christ returns, He's going to give us a new glorified body that's without sin. And so, we see here in the Bible, the reason the resurrection was so, so significant and so important is Jesus Christ was resurrecting from the dead. Death only comes to those who sinned. And we have, we've all sinned, but Jesus Christ never sinned, but He took our sin on us. And because of that, He paid for our sins. And if we will believe in Him, we can have the life 
that He is able to give because of the fact that He came back from the dead, didn't He? He resurrected from the dead proving He could keep that promise. We can count on it. That the, we can be assured that one of these days I will be in heaven with Him. He proved He had the power to save my soul when He resurrected from the dead. He proved it that day. He finished everything when He resurrected from the dead and someday we will rise again. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13, the Bible says, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. That's what the Bible calls those who are... We call them dead. But those who are dead in Christ, the Bible calls them asleep. I, I would not have you sorrow or not be ignorant concerning them which are asleep that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe... Alright, notice that. For if we believe once again. If we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord should not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Say, how can I believe that? How can I believe that one of these days I'm going to rise again just because I believed in Christ? You should be able to believe that. You know why? Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Jesus Christ did it. He did it. He is the first fruits of them that sleep. He, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. So we should have no doubt that we can rise from the dead too. Because those of us who have put our faith and trust in Him, the Bible says we are alive in Him. Our life comes from Jesus Christ just like our death comes from Adam. Every one of us in here, I know we live in a world that denies the existence of Adam and they've come up with the crazy Big Bang theories and all that stuff that, you know, to tell us how we got here. But the truth is, proof that you and I all are related is the fact that we all have a sin nature and we all eventually die. Where did that come from? It came from a common ancestor that we all have and his name was Adam. And I know every one of you, I can tell by looking at y'all that y'all have sinned before. I can, I can see it. Alright? We've all, we've all sinned. And because of that, I know you're related to me. I know that you are a part of the human race, as I. And I also know that one of these days you're going to die. And, but at the same time, while that, that's not very good news, well, thank God there's something called the Gospel, the good news, that Jesus Christ, He came to this earth. The Bible calls Him the last Adam. Just like Adam brought death into the world, Jesus Christ brought eternal life when He died and He paid for our sins. And whoever believes in Him can have that eternal life. You, every one of you in here, if you've never done that, if you've, if you've never called on the Lord for salvation, if you've never, like Seth did, realized that you know what? What God said is going to happen. I'm going to die one of these days. One of these days, it's going to be your funeral. And folks, we have a living soul that will never die. That it's going to go somewhere. It's going to go to either heaven or hell. And it's up to you which place you're going to go to. Are you going to receive the free gift of salvation? Are you going to try to work your way to heaven? Working your way to heaven will only earn you eternity in hell. So well, I don't believe that. Well, I bet Adam wished he did believe God. I bet Adam would have wished he had done the right thing. You know, what you believe doesn't... 
It doesn't change reality. I can believe whatever I want. I can believe there's Santa Claus. That doesn't mean he's going to come down my chimney on Christmas Eve. It's got to be true. And you can say you don't believe in God, you don't believe in heaven and hell, but it doesn't change the fact that there is a heaven and hell. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus Christ did come to this earth. He did die for your sins. And you need to put your faith and trust in Him for salvation. You are going to die one of these days. Nobody ever asks the question. People are always asking, you know, how did we get here? They come up with the evolution, survival, the fittest stuff. You know what? No, nobody ever asks the question, why do we die? Why don't we ask that question? Why do we die? Well, I hope they find a cure for cancer someday. Well, I do too, but guess what? Something else will take you out if it's not cancer. I hope they come up with a cure for this. I do too, but something else will eventually take you out because you are a sinner. And the thing that you need to worry about is getting your eternal soul taken care of, and that can only be done through faith in Jesus Christ, the only one who ever lived a sinless life, the only one who died for your sins. And if you will, if you'll call on Him today, He will save your soul. And I hope you'll do that. Just like God kept His promise about man becoming mortal, if they sin, He will keep His promise about eternal life to those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. My question is, do you believe? So with that, let's all stand together.